enjoying some unseasonable warmth. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 352 of the internet's longest-running English-language Argentine football podcast. I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined this week by Andres. Hello, welcome. And English Dan. Hello, and welcome. Welcome back, Dan. Thank you. Uh, Racing having avoided defeat this week. Uh, yes, uh, I would like to clarify that... Uh, quite a creditable result, you could say. Indeed, I'd like to clarify that my absence last week had nothing to do with... A certain Superliga result. Well, we actually deliberately didn't talk about it last week so that we could talk all about it today. Oh, that's very kind of yeah, you. I'm yes. sure you're delighted. Uh, that's delighted. a joke, in case anybody missed last week's they, episode. They avoided the, the defeat against uh, Central Cordoba and the Sun. Indeed, they did. Before I tell you what all of the results were, I, of course, have to mention that we are sponsored... I don't have to, I'm delighted to mention that we are sponsored by Fanatis... Fanatis is the ideal service because if you're listening to this podcast then presumably you're interested in Argentine football and there's a greater than 60% chance or so um, that you live outside Argentina in which case Fanatis is the service for you you can watch the Superliga the Copa Argentina the Copa Superliga when that begins um, and other competitions from other places in South America I think one or two um, from anywhere around the world and if you're in the United States of America then you can also watch the Copa Libertadores and the Copa Sudamericana live through their tie-ins with Gold TV and um, BN Sports and that of course also means that you can also watch uh, the other competitions that Gold TV and BN Sports have the rights for this season I think La Liga is still one I think League 1 is another in France I apologise to our French listeners for butchering that pronunciation um, and any others that you can think of. Uh, the Superliga, Copa Argentina and Copa Superliga, by the way, are all either live or on demand on Fanati's own platform. Uh, the other competitions in the States are just live. Uh, you can get 20% off your first three months, as well as a seven-day free trial, by going to fntz.co slash hop. The cat is so excited about it that she started Literally making squeaky noises. scratching at the walls, the yeah. I will say that again, fntz.co slash hop and using the discount code hopfz. I hope she stops doing that. I don't that think much of a new sound engineer, Sam, I must no, say. No, we, we can't open the windows while we're recording, but she does that to let me know she wants to go onto the balcony. Uh, anyway, we're going to get on with this now. The results from the weekend just gone in the Superliga were Arsenal de Sarandí, nil San Lorenzo 2 on Friday night that was the only game on Friday uh, on Saturday Gimnasia nil Defensa y Justicia 1 Beles 3 Newell's Old Boys 1 Rosario Central 1 Patronato 1 Independiente 2 Colón nil. on Sunday Godoy Cruz 2 versus Estudiantes de la Plata 1 Union versus Lanús finished 2-1 to Lanús Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero nil. Racing nil, 
Reber, nil. Tacheres, one. Banfield, nil. Boca, one. And on Monday, Aldo Civi, three. Atletico Tucumán, nil. And Huracán, nil. Argentinos Juniors, nil. Um, we're going to begin, I think, probably, because you, you're back down with the reigning champions, um, because one of the, the questions that we sort of got asked last week as well, I mean, we did, of course, actually talk about the game, so don't worry, we're not going to make you talk about Racing River again. Well, but one of the questions that we got asked last week, and, and da- Andres and I, of course, were able to give something of an answer, but not perhaps in as much detail as, as the answer you can probably give us is, and, and it feeds into both that thrashing to River and also the, the let's face it, slightly disappointing result away to Central Cordova, is what's happening with Racing? And, and also, relatedly, how much longer might Chachov Koldet remain in that job? And, and why hasn't he been able to adapt this season? It's a fair question. Uh, you mentioned this season, but the more of the observant among us would have realised this, in fact, came from the end of last season. I think, if I'm right, Racing have won something like only one out of their last 12 games. Uh, including last season and this season, uh, between Copa Argentina, Copa Superliga and Superliga. Uh, that win was uh, against Tigre in Su- Copa Superliga, the game where they eventually went out. Anyway. Actually matter, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is, yeah, it's been a problem even, I mean, obviously towards the end of last season, the euphoria of winning the league uh, masked it. But yeah, it's been a case since at least let's say March, April, that the team hasn't, just hasn't been really clicking. Um, they've been getting draws mostly, they haven't lost that many games because mm. uh, the defence has been uh, fairly solid all the way through, aside from uh, the River game of course, and a couple of other exceptions. But from the midfield up, it's just, it's not been happening. Uh, the kind of, the more creative players in in the midfield, the guys like before the, before the start of the season, Neri Cardoso, um, um, and now uh, Matias Rojas, the ex-defensive Justicia guys, they haven't been really creating like they should. Lisandro Lopez has, has been um, a shadow of, of his best that we saw last season. Guys like Matias Aracho, who got sent off in injury time against Central Córdoba. Uh, another guy who's been far down on on his usual performances and there's also been injuries as well you're missing uh, Donati in, at the back Renzo Sarabia of course he wasn't injured but he was sold uh, for this game Leo Sigali the other central defender was suspended for his um, rather rash tackle against River um, and the the left back Eugenio Mena of course a Chile international uh, of proven class uh, he's been out as well. Darius Vitanich, I think, has had a few problems, but but uh, it's not really to make excuses because Racing have more than enough talent in the squad to to compensate for that. I mean, they they uh, sign players in pre-season, like with an eye to to fighting on two fronts: the Superliga and the Copa Argentina. Obviously, the Copa Argentina didn't work out, and the the big problem has been. I think we saw it on. Uh, Sunday um, they just really struggled to, to break teams down mm. um, there's not much spark about the team last year you had 
the full backs who were marauding forward, getting so much uh, possession into the box. You had midfielders on form, Leach on form, Svitanish on form, and there's just been none of that this season. Um, we're kind of waiting for the for the turning point, but it's yet to come. For the second question, uh, Chacho Kaldet. I say he still has, uh, of course, he has um, credit in the bank from from winning the league. Um, he will need to start winning games at some point, um, at least if only for my sanity. Um, I don't see him leaving at least until Christmas, if only because it would be completely counterproductive and to chuck a new guy in for five or six games, which if current form continues and Carly gets sacked, we can assume will be fairly meaningless because we won't be looking at a, a title defence challenge from, from Racing. Uh, so um, I would say the, the time for kind of analysis and evaluation of whether he stays in the job will come in in December when the, when the season reaches its halfway point and Racing will be looking forward to the Copa Libertadores, of course, in 2020. And we'll see what they come up with. I mean, his record in the Racing overall is, is still fantastic. Um, I'll give him a little bit more time, but uh, something has to change. I don't know if his tactics, he's perhaps guilty of only having one, a plan A and just lacking the plan B when that doesn't come off. I mean, that's one thing, because obviously you mentioned the injuries and stuff, but to bring it into this weekend's game, uh, I will admit I, I missed the first half. Um, but in the second half... I, I thought the central quarterback were just the better team, to be honest. Yeah, for large especially late the game on, they were. kind of looked a bit like Racing were hanging on a little bit. They had the better chances for sure. Um, a couple of headers that went went very close. Uh, yeah, uh, it's something that has to be looked looked at. Uh, possibly this weekend at home to Gole Cruz, it's a game which you might single out and say, nah, not a bad one to. To put a few goals away and to, to get confidence up because Guadalajara's have been fairly underwhelming recently. Um, but the way Racing are going as well, you wouldn't take even that for granted. No, indeed. Um, Looks like there won't uh, be easy matches there for any team, or at least uh, when they play as, as long as they play at, at 3 pm or in the afternoon. In the oven of Santiago del Estero. I think we, we mentioned this right when, when they got promoted that come November, December, February that was going to be a very difficult away fixture because Santiago del Estero in the summer months of Argentina uh, that's southern hemisphere summer of course is among the hottest places on earth. Uh, we're in mid-winter now and... We're having um, a heatwave in mid-winter. Yeah, and in Santiago it was... Uh, uh, a lot hotter and a lot wavier. Uh, I think it reached at least 30, possibly 32 degrees. It's the first time, I think, I've seen a uh, Primera División or Superliga game stop for drinks breaks in, in the winter, I think. Yes, it must be. Um, speaking of big five sides who huffed and puffed a bit and, and struggled to the results that they did, River... And Boca. I'm going to kind of start off mentioning them together because actually they came one after the other and I thought that there were a lot of similarities in the matches. Um, the, the the main difference was that in one game the absolutely massive club lost the game uh, at home and in the other they, they won away. Um, but in many ways I think there were, there were similarities. River yes. didn't click at all. 
Boca's match was obviously conditioned by the fact that they scored the fastest mm-hmm. goal of the Superliga season. 20 seconds, uh, so I think. far. 19 seconds. And, and the one we mugged that afterwards, but yeah. The one we mugged uh, during the last episode. Uh, yes. Soldano, well, they said they will bring Gignac. They, they Gignac. said they Fernando Torres and they brought yes. Soldano in instead. Well, he scored his first Boca goal and it didn't take them very long at all. It was a very nicely worked goal, actually, as well. As In fact, I mean, I think when goals get scored that early in games, they generally are, aren't they? Because the implication is that the other team hasn't had the time to touch the ball. Um, but... Um, Thereafter, Boca were able to sort of sit in and, and play on the counter and perhaps maybe discover a little bit of the identity that we've accused them of lacking at times. Um, even then, it wasn't pretty. They, mm. they managed three shots all game against uh, Banfield's something like 21 or something mm. ridiculous um, to give you some idea of the, the imbalance of play there. Um, in the Monumental, meanwhile, River were were just outplayed by Tacheres. I think but it they... was another example of River, again, I mean, last week we said, oh, have River finally <laughs> taken the league seriously? The and now it's like, no, of course they're not. You they had one chance, I think, in the 90 minutes with Paulo Diaz, the, the, the one uh, we, we thought he would leave uh, Franco Baresi after, we are talking about Italian <laughs> guys like the Rossi, and in this case we thought he would be like Baresi because of, the, uh, of Gallardo asking for him so... Uh, eagerly and, and uh, yes, he was decent, but uh, uh, perhaps the, mo- the 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 best man in the in a, in a team in, in which no one uh, had a great perform a great performance. And um, yes, River again looked uh, uh, like turned off, uh, like uh, lazy, uh, slow, and with Tacheres playing the way that River usually usually plays in terms of the intensity and, and not letting their rivals play. Well, in this case, Tajares, whose coach, I, I, I admit, I, I didn't know he was uh, Alexander Medina, the one who... Alexander. Yes, Uruguayan striker, former striker, who was in the team in which Gallardo... Antonio Medina. Uh, no, Alexander. Ah. Uh, Uruguayan guy who played for Nacional when Gallardo was there in the 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. uh, became the champions of the Uruguayan Championship. And um, yes, he, he they they surprised River. Yes, indeed, Alexander. Yeah. Any relation to uh, Tony? Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a very second string Riverside, which I guess is unsurprising. Yes. In bet- I mean, and Bockers, of course, as well was also yeah. uh, mixed since we're talking about but them both together. In these uh, cases, in which is in which you you can tell that Boca has pl- plenty more. Uh, I I think uh, I I I mean. Um, quite longer squad than, than any other team even River of course it's not something to cry about but uh, the, the, the reserves of River or, or the substitutes or the second line is clearly the second line in this case or at least the one that played the other day yeah uh, Elias Lopez at right back is Skoko and Prato are uh, Skoko and Prato up front aren't obviously we're both kind of coming back into the game I mean Prato I would think is, is getting a start there to, to drag it up to match fitness for Thursday evening in the Libertadores and, mm-hmm. and indeed for Sunday we'll be talking about Sunday later on mm-hmm. uh, if you don't know what's coming on Sunday then you might have just you, know, you might be able to guess from the fact that I'm saying we'll have to talk about it later on um, but then yeah I mean Cristian Ferreira and Jorge Carrascal are clearly a level below if not two levels below Ignacio Fernandez and Nicolas de la Cruz even when de la Cruz is, is not the most consistent of players let's but, say. Like, yes. but like who wasn't there and yeah, Palacios yeah, is, is likely as well as it's a level above Bruno Sucolini. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Skoko said when the match ended, 
uh, these matches are just for the, those those players to show themselves mm. and tell, and say Gachardo, look, I'm here. Uh, and well, they didn't take advantage of the chance they had. I think this time we can excuse River maybe taking one game easy, one game easy, considering they've got they had a classic against Racing. Uh, they've got two Libertadores games in two weeks and the Super Clásico. Can we let it slide? Well, hopefully they've got two Libertadores. Oh, you mean they've got the second? Uh, yes. Yes, in one week, in fact, because they played on Thursday. They, yeah, they played last Thursday and they're playing yes. again this Thursday. Um, but yeah, Javier Pinola <coughs> wins the Idiot of the Weekend award for talking himself into a red card, meaning he's suspended for the Super Clásico. Genius. In stoppage time, yes. when the game was gone or still there to be drawn. He picked up a booking and then he started yelling at the referee saying, how on earth did you referee at the World Cup? Which is something we all wonder when we're looking at Nesto Pitana. If we're face-to-face with him yes. and we're playing football in a game he's refereeing, then you don't say it to him. It's Come not, on. Yeah. You will say yeah. this, you will say that here, Sam, but you won't be sent off. He will... Of course. Indeed, yeah. No, it's exactly. waiting to come bursting through this door now and show I mean, you a red card. But the, the other thing as well is that it, it's, it's Javier Pinola saying that. You know, mm-hmm. if it was... Daniele De Rossi or Carlos Tevez or someone who's actually played in a World Cup <laughs> then it might seem a bit more cutting but it's not as if Pinon has ever been anywhere near that, that level anyway. perhaps Daniele De Rossi would have said Vavangulo and, and Pitana perhaps wouldn't have understood that and perhaps away with it perhaps. Yeah. indeed um, talking a little bit more about, about the Boca game though it was as I said it was a kind of a smashing grab really um, see it's again just a really really unfair result for Banfield under Hernan Crespo this must be like the 20th unfair defeat they've suffered in his in about 25 games under Crispa. It certainly just feels that way. Really had no luck at all. I'm just going it's through amazing. that. Can we remember when he took charge? Was it the start of the year? It was for the that 4 Tigre game, I think. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, let's see. There Where was that about from? Oh, that's not showing up here. Oh, yes, it is. There we go. Right, so his first game in charge. Was that the first game in charge? Was there or thereabouts, yeah. Was the first game or the last game before him, let's see. That was the last game of the Tigre coach, I remember. That's right, yes. It was Crespo's first game and Echeverria's last yes. game. Uh, 4-4 draw. So since then, Crespo's results at Banfield have been a 1-1 against River in his second game, which is quite creditable. A 1-0 win away to Colón, which is fine. 3-0 win against Juventud Unida de Guanajuato in the Copa Argentina, which is as expected. Um, and then the unlucky stuff started. Um, lost 2-1 at home to Atletico Tucumán. Lost 3-2. In a, I remember that one. That was a fantastic was a game. Crack, away yeah. to Defensa Justicia. Drew 2-2 with Godoy Cruz. Lost 2-0 to Boca. Drew 1-1 with Newells. Then they managed to win 1-0 away mm. to Estudiantes. And then they lost 2-0 at home to Estudiantes in the Copa Superliga. And so far this season, it's been a 1-0 defeat to Arsenal, which at the time was like, oh, you're losing to Arsenal at home, you silly one. But obviously, away, in fact. But, you know, Arsenal proceeded then to win their first three games in a row. Um, A 1-0 win over Estudiantes, and then a 3-2 defeat to Argentinos a week and a half ago, prior to this 1-0 loss to Boca. Um, The football has improved enormously, but the results haven't. No. There is talk a bit like Caldet I don't know how uh, likely it is obviously he's not got a league win behind him to keep him uh, <laughs> sweet with the fans but there is talk that Crespo might not last much longer this weekend they visit Defensa y Justicia I hope my neighbours aren't going to carry on hammering like that this weekend they visit Defensa y Justicia 
Yeah, that's the game where they need to win uh, against their defensive Cordicia team who haven't been putting up any trees at all. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, your results are, are what it's all about. Um, it would be a shame to see Crespo leave because I think uh, his Banfield side have been pretty entertaining to watch. He's brought through some some interesting youngsters. Uh, one guy who I thought was impressive against Boca in fits and starts was um, the guy who won the Pan American Games with Argentina, Ursi. Yeah, Agustin Ursi. Um, and yeah, it's a team that um, that always looks for the result. Uh, the unfortunate thing is they usually don't find it. Um, but I think if worse comes to worse and he does lose his job, he won't be out of work for long. Especially no. with the crest by name, which and, and I remember Ainsley Wright had a couple of uh, missteps as well before. Ainsley had a pretty underwhelming start at, I think it was Godoy Cruz for his first club, wasn't it? Was that the one where he couldn't um, even sit on the bench because he hadn't, didn't have the right papers or something like that? Yes, that sounds. And I think he, I think he actually got sacked without sitting on the bench for a single game. Something mm. silly like that. Um, but that's, I mean, that that was a bit of a basket case when he walked into it, and he's certainly picked himself up well since then. Mm. Um, the other members of the Big Five who we've not talked about both had two nil wins. Both of them were very impressive two nil wins. Independiente. Um, needed to wait until the 94th minute and virtually the last kick of the game before turning their 1-0 win into a 2-0 win. Silvio Romero heading home at the far post uh, to put a bit of a gloss on the scoreline. But I've got to say that if ever there was a scoreline that flattered the losing team, I thought that it was Independiente 2, Colón 0 on, was it Saturday? Um, Independiente were just, just so dominant. It was... Ridiculous. Neither of you watched it, did you? I'm talking to myself. I didn't know the result until <laughs> today, to be honest. I was out all Saturday. And what was incredible was that Pablo Perez was asked by the supporters before the match uh, was played because in the previous match he wasn't uh, in the starting lineup. And, and yes, yeah, they were just telling the manager to put him in the team. Yes. Yeah, and, and he was brilliant. Yes. He was, I think, man of the match, in fact. He, he was um, he's one of those players who it's quite obviously, particularly as a. Uh, uh, River sympathiser. It, it's quite difficult to like Pablo Perez. In fact, I think a, a, a lot of being, Boca fans would say the same thing as well. Just as a human being, um, it's hard to like Pablo Perez. Indeed. Uh, but he was very, very, very good. It, it was. I mean, he kind of rediscovered his this form of when he was with Boca. Was it like two years ago? He had that really, really good season. Yeah, um, two, three years ago. It's a player than than when he he he's in the pitch. You perhaps uh, say, "Oh God!" But when he isn't, it's you notice that he isn't. Yeah. Uh, no, they, they, they were excellent. And Colón, I mean, tempered that by being very poor indeed. Um, but well done, Independiente. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a really impressive win. And I think kind of it, it strikes me as probably the first, and I'm now looking up their results to make sure I'm not about to embarrass myself here, it's the first really, yeah, it is indeed, the first really decent win of uh, Sebastián Becasese's um, spell at Independiente. It's not his first win, but it's his first win with that kind of performance that just sort of looks imperious in, in the way that Independiente yes. want to be swatting teams aside at home um, and the other team and I thought in its own way this was also a very impressive result albeit perhaps not as um, 
flattering to their opponents uh, that it was only a 2-0 win but San Lorenzo away to an Arsenal side who as I said won their first three games in a row we have been asking so far this season okay San Lorenzo is certainly a lot more entertaining than they were last season but are they actually any better and I think now we've got the answer they the answer are a little bit better helped it must be said by um, one of the two very very good goalkeeper goalkeeping performances I saw this weekend uh, the first mm. well the second in chronological order was Esteban Andrada who did who did very well against uh, Banfield and the first was uh, Navarro who made a couple of stonking saves I don't think Arsenal had that many shots but uh, the saves he did make were uh, as the commentators say half goals Mm. Um, really fantastic I think it was when it was still at 0-0 and one was when San Lorenzo had just taken the lead Uh, really key uh, key participation from the San Lorenzo keeper and it's not the first time he's done it he's come up big for him especially when they were crap last season Sorry, Sam. Uh, um, and he, they have, uh, they had. Uh, uh, I, I think just the way that like Bruno Piton did, uh, scoring his debut for San Lorenzo in this case, Ramirez, the one we. Oh, it was his debut, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah the one we look for, I think, in the if, if it wasn't in the last episode, it wasn't in the previous one. Mm. Uh, yes, that Juan Ramirez was a good, a good signing also for San Lorenzo from Tacheres, and yes, he scored in the, his debut. So great. Yeah, and Nicolas Blandi inevitably got the second. Uh, Nicolas Blandi now is playing for San Lorenzo again. Um, because Did he ever Jorge Well, no, I don't mean he's, he's with the club again. I mean, he's getting game time for them because Jorge Almiron's gone and isn't doing this weird thing of not calling up clearly his best striker and ever again. Well, he had so many. Col- he had to fit the Colombians in somewhere. He had yes. 20 of them in the squad. He did indeed, yes. Um, and um, we're also Angel and, and I think it was uh, Ram. Sorry, uh, Romero. Uh, Oscar Romero was the one who started, right? Uh, no, he came off the bench. Uh, uh, so it was Angel. Angel Romero, Romero ah. started, and uh, was he replaced by Oscar? I actually, think he was. was, yeah. No, Oscar ah. replaced Juan Ramirez. Uh, Angel was replaced by Nahuel Barrios at half time, um, who my life score up here has given Nahuel Barrios a, a very low rating, but I, I thought he did quite well. Because there were said that, I yeah. about three pints. Because there were some supporters, uh, I, I watched uh, Paso a Paso. And there, there were supporters uh, talking to, to that show, saying that they they couldn't tell who he was, uh, who who were Angel and who was uh, Oscar, uh, because they were quite quite similar, of course. And it's a tricky one, yes. Yes. Uh, the only difference is that the T-shirt of the the, the number of the one uses the ninety-two T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> which know. he should be kicked out the squad for. But yeah. Oscar has got number ten, I believe. Yes. Uh, yes. If if I'm. Not yes. mistaken. I mean, as I said, I had a couple of points, but I'm pretty sure Oscar is. Yeah, he is the number yes. ten. Um, the other result that really stands out, apart from the ones that we've not talked about yet, is Belles versus Newells, which we picked out as potentially one of the more entertaining games of the weekend. Sorry, Dub. Put it with you. Um, and uh, so I think it turned out to be. Although I have to admit, I missed it. Um, but <laughs> what I've heard, yeah. and the highlights that I've seen. Very impressive. It marked Fernando Gago's return to uh, playing for Belles. Uh, the last, the first leg against River last year wasn't the last time he played, was it? Eight yeah, months, it was. Yes. The second yeah. leg against River. First, the second. The second, final, second yes. leg, yeah. Sure. He came off the bench and in got Madrid. injured in. Yeah, he came off the bench in extra time and got injured set, uh, five minutes later. 
It was Bomber Bear. They were, yes. Yep. Ah, oh, okay. Yes, eight months. I remember that it's been the Bombonera for some reason. No. He's been injured against River in a big game in the Bombonera, of course, before because he'd done it three times. We, we mentioned this when it happened. I think he's done uh, Bombonera, Monumental, and Bernabeu, right? Yeah. yeah. No, the one the Bombonera was for the national team, I think. Then, oh, that right. Yeah, yes. you might be right. Then it was in the in the in the Monumental and Bernabeu. Mm. At any rate, he replaced Gaston Jimenez uh, after 53 minutes for Belles, and by all accounts, played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a very good team performance, though, from Belles overall. Nicolas Dominguez grabbed two goals. Lucas Hanson grabbed another, um, and Gabriel Hainz's uh, white and blue veed ballet continue. Um, they're, they're, they're playing lovely stuff yes well, and before the yeah, match Minier State Ballet we could say yes, yes possibly sure that, that works yeah. well, it's that, mine anyway a little snappy I don't know that match was one in which you will tell you will justify uh, why we mentioned Belles as the one of the funniest teams to watch uh, because they, they when they play well they play really well and yeah. and, and the, the goal scored by Hanson was uh, a, a really enjoy, enjoyable play um, and uh, before the match it was uh, discovered something that uh, I don't uh, it's not an excuse but explains why Belles plays so badly or so disconnected and, and uh, uh, Brian Kufres uh, wife and, and daughter had an accident car accident uh, that's why even Heise said that the, the match didn't even care about the match Mm. Uh, um, fortunately, they, they both are, are, are okay. I think his daughter is uh, still recovering, but uh, that's one of the reasons why they, they played so uh, strangely bad. Yeah, uh, I think that we are now far enough into the season that we can start to talk about the league standings without it seeming completely ridiculous. The way through, right? uh, we are Almost. four games in, yeah. and there are going to be twenty. I've got the table right here. I can see how many teams there are. There are going to be 23 games, games yeah. which, yeah, as you More say, that means we're back. Well, we're to, no, I was about to say quarter, but that's completely wrong, isn't it? We're, uh, yeah, we are, we're a six. We're just over a six of the yes. way through. Um, so the standings are that Boca Juniors and San Lorenzo both have 10 points. They're separated on goal difference. Boca have five goals, four, and none conceded still, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, Esteban Andrada, by the way, is. is on on route to a potential record, I think is he's right? he's five league only, top flight only, uh, but he has five games without conceding, and the all time top flight, or, sorry, the professional era top flight Argentine record is eight matches. Mm. Um, so it could it's conceivable. Obviously, they've got to go to the Monumental at the weekend, which we'll talk about afterwards. But that could be tricky. But we'll see. Um, San Lorenzo with eight goals, four and four against. As I said, they're more entertaining this season. Um, on 10 points uh, Arsenal therefore dropped to third after that defeat to San Lorenzo mm-hmm. with nine Rosario Central who we've not talked about at all are in no, eighth position up there under, under Diego Coca so should we quickly mention them what did they do they drew 1-1 one, one with Patronato <laughs> this weekend no no that's not really worth talking about is it uh, but it looks like it was a pretty oh hang on I remember this one yeah they were desperately unlucky not to uh, yeah to be, to, fa- that one. to be fair Central's uh First preoccupation this this year is going to be the other table. Indeed, which we'll t- get onto in a second. Uh, in fifth are River with seven points, and in sixth are Tacheres also with seven points. Um, if you're wondering which of those two teams are the team who you should probably watch more matches of, the 
River have got 10 goals and conceded three, whereas Tacheres have got three goals and have conceded two. Mm-hmm. Um, also on seven points are Lanús and Patronato, both of whom have goal differences of zero. Mm-hmm. Lanús, six goals, four, six against, and Patronato, four goals, four and four against. Um, in the relegation of... Shit, hang on, sorry, this app doesn't have the relegation table, so I've got to open the other one. And hope that it opens, because it wasn't. It was refusing to open the other day. In the relegation table, one thing I can tell you before we even get it open is that Gymnasia are officially screwed. completely and totally screwed. They might as well just relegate them now. Really? Um, we have seen great escapes before, but Gymnasia at the moment are seven points behind Newell's Old Boys um, and nine points behind Rosario Central, who are the two teams above them in the same relegation zone. Patronato tied on um, 66 points from 56 games with Central, so if it were to end today those two teams would have to play a playoff uh, to decide who goes down and who stays up. Um, and Colón are 10 points clear of Gimnasia. Tigre were in a similar situation this time last year, of course, and very, very nearly managed to scrape their way back up. But we kind of called it at the time that Tigre are playing much better football than yes. Gimnasia are playing now. Gimnasia are just rubbish. We should point out that we'll have to see how the newly promoted sides get on because they've had pretty decent starts to the season, so they've shut up the relegation table. But as you defeats and they will fall back down. I would agree, but as you've kind of hinted, A, Arsenal, I think, have shown enough to me already to suggest that, yeah, they're not going to be league uh, title contenders. But they should um, go down. But they're going to be. You know they're going to be getting far more good results than bad results. I think against the right kind of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and Central Cordoba, as, as you hinted earlier, Dan, when it comes to when it starts to get warm enough for us to leave the house in t-shirts here in Buenos Aires, it's going to be far too hot to play football in Santiago del Estero, which gives them a massive home advantage straight away. Indeed, this I've no true. idea who's visiting Santiago del Estero at what time of year. I, I suppose we could have a look, couldn't we? Uh, <laughs> why not? Uh, where are they on this table? Which actually gives me their fixtures. Um, they have still got. We're going to have to play matches at eleven pm or midnight. I think they probably are. Yeah. Um, so let's go from what mid October onwards, shall we? They've got home games against Estudiantes, Colón. Wait, so oh, just from... January. Oh, they're not going to be playing a home game according to this in November or December. Well, that's one <laughs> way of getting around the home advantage, I suppose. Although this might just be that this app playing up, so let's let's look that up later on. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you what. Let's take a half-time break now. I'll look up Central Cordoba's actual fixture list on the actual internet. Um, if that's not something you want to come back for after the break, I don't know what it is. Indeed, but what might very well be something you want to come back for after the break is our Super Clasico preview because mm. this Sunday River Plate host Boca Juniors um, in what is definitely by no means the most tedious fixture in all of Argentine football so don't go away Central Cordoba's home matches in the summer months are on the late spring slash summer, I'll say. Um, uh, at home to Belles on the 3rd of November and at home to Patronato on the 10th of November. Probably shouldn't be too bad at that time of year. Um, 
at home to Rosario Central on the first weekend of December. These these dates are all approximate, by the way. They're not actually set in stone. The yet. weekend will be that weekend. Yes. Um, home to Central on the first of December, which is is going to be sticky. Yes. Um, Actually, I don't know how humid it gets in Santiago del Estero. Fairly. Yeah? Yes. Okay, so it's going to be sticky. Um, and on the 26th of January, which is going to be horrendous, uh, they are at home to Colón. I forgot to do February, but February's going to be pretty unpleasant there as well. Um, so the last weekend of February, they are away to River. and then uh, Sorry, of January. And then the first weekend of February, we have got them... Um, where are away they? They're away to Aldosivi. Second weekend of February, they're going to be at home to Boca. Mm. That's going to be a, if, if Boca are anywhere near the title race, that could be an interesting one. Um, the middle of February, they how many weekends are there in February? Loads, bloody hell, for such a short month. Anyway, uh, sorry, the um, oh because I said February when I meant January a minute ago. <laughs> they're away to Union in the middle weekend of February, and then at the end of it, they are at home to Banfield mm-hmm. um, by March things you would think are going to be closing down just about enough if you want to open the door just for a second I'll have to let the cat in yes because she Go went on, out cat. during the break and she's going to be squeaking on the window again otherwise hello right um, don't even think about sleeping much here no don't uh, anyway moving on we have the Super Clásico this weekend it's the only match that anybody in Argentina cares about obviously we all know this um, and yeah, it's going to feel like sort of a preliminary, right? If Copelaratoria's results pan out as we all expect. Indeed, the reason that we are recording this on Tuesday evening, um, rather than waiting till later in the week, is that once again, just as last week, um, we have two Copa Libertadores quarterfinals to worry about later in the week. Uh, but unlike last week. Tuesday isn't my girlfriend's birthday, and therefore I'm able to record on Tuesday. Excellent. So here we are. Happy birthday to Ali. Thank uh, wait, like, yes. uh, Well, thank you on her behalf. Um, so, what this means is that Boca and River will play later on in the week, and if they win their matches, or even if they lose them by not very many goals, um, they will be through, and we will have a double Super Clásico semi-final of the Copa Libertadores. Fortunately, there is absolutely no precedent whatsoever to suggest that Boca playing River in the semi in in the latter stages of the Copa Libertadores um, might go badly. No, and particularly this time round, which will be the second leg will be four or three days, depending on which day they actually play it, before uh, our elections, the presidential elections. Well, yes. We'll get on to that in a minute, because it, it might not be, but we've really? had a listener's question about that. Ah. Um, yeah, we can basically say, talking about these games, the Libertadores games, very swiftly, um, River Bo- need to a, a, avoid a, a disaster, and Boca basically a, an earth-shaking catastrophe. Boca through, essentially, yeah. Uh, so Boca on Wednesday night, uh, as, as I mentioned right at the very end of last week's podcast, uh, got a very impressive 3-0 win. I guess Liga, Liga de Quito. Liga de Quito were rubbish. They had two men sent off, but even so, to go to Quito. And, but I think and one was through, a sub, was right? Like, yes. Yes. Uh, so they which, only went down to ten men. True. Uh, but was. Well, no, they were still down to nine, surely. If you have two men sent off, it doesn't matter whether one's. No, but the oh, sub. Sorry, didn't come who, I'm actually, Oh, okay. I, yeah. Really? Ah, that explains why I didn't notice it happening. Indeed. That's why that happened. I, I was just like. <laughs> 
because there was there was a period for like the first 10 or 15 minutes of the second half where I was only able to be half watching and I saw that that was when it happened after the game mm-hmm. I was like oh I didn't realise they'd gone down to 9 then they didn't look no, that they went right. down to 10 that's why yes. okay good it was a player and a sub excellent so Liga de Quinta went down to 10 men despite having two men sent off um, and they were not very good but even so it's like the second time ever that they've been beaten in the Libertadores by three goals or more at home Yes, I can well imagine that. Um, I don't know, but I'll take your word for it. uh, It Very impressive. And it was a very impressive performance all round for Boca. Um, And then River, the following evening, got a 2-0 win at home to Cerro Porteño, um, which caused a bit of a fuss, uh, because the first penalty was awarded via VAR. Um, I think correctly. I'm sure Andres thinks correctly. Done. I still haven't seen it. Yeah. I meant to watch it back. But, um, it was actually very interesting yeah. for another reason as well, though, which, which I'll talk about in a minute when Andres has said his bit. Do you know why, for example, in this case it was a walk the penalty? And, of course, I am not a Boca supporter right now, but in, really? the, in the second leg of the Copa Libertadores final in Madrid, there was a, a similar play in which I think Nandes was the one who had the similar... Quinola had a, a, a leg up, I don't know how to say it, a plancha. Mm. Uh, high foot. Or high foot, yeah. Yes, on, on, on Nandes, and there it was awarded an indirect free kick no, uh, in the so. box. Uh, in this case, it was a penalty, uh, and the plays were similar. Uh, I don't know. Must have, I mean, a, bell, yeah. a high foot is dangerous place, so that would be a yes. penalty in the box anyway, so they must have awarded the Nandes one for it a different some reason. Interpret- yeah, it was um, a, a different interpretation. Of I can't remember it happening. Javier Pernola is, in fact, a VAR vampire, or a vampire, uh, because against Independiente last, yes. in the last oh, Libertadores, okay, yeah. he... Could also have given away um, a penalty and got sent off for a rather reckless high foot, um, but it yes. wasn't given. They're so perhaps good. he just doesn't show up on VAR footage. This is a theory yes. that we should investigate. It's an interesting theory. Darongo, the, the Brazilian referee, at the time player. didn't want uh, he didn't want to, to go and, and and watch the play at the bar. And after that, in the Copa America this year, he was he went seven or. Six or seven times, uh, an average time, uh, to, to to go and, and see the match, uh, watch the the place in, at the bar. So yes, it's the the, the supporters were 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 angry about this. They're just angry people, I think. Yes, it's. Think we can say this. I, uh, I think that on last Thursday night, I thought that VAR was was quite well used. Yes, uh, yes. I'll get on to what was so interesting the other day. But uh, Matias Suarez handled the ball in the build-up to. Uh, an otherwise very well worked River second goal uh, tucked away by Ignacio Fernandez, which was subsequently disallowed when the bar spotted that it had brushed his hand mm-hmm. um, and River's second penalty um, to go 2-0 up was uh, uh, it was a penalty the, the referee didn't refer to VAR I did see that he, one he, just, he, was he gave just, the penalty yeah it was a clear penalty um yeah. it, it was awarded nobody really complained he didn't go and check it on VAR or anything and then the replays later showed in my opinion a, a, a penalty. Yeah. Um, no, I saw this some... didn't stop everybody being tremendously yeah. angry about it. And the interesting thing then was that as a result of these tremendous amounts of anger and the fact that lots of, especially Boca fans, uh, feel that uh, Conmebol are in River Plate's pocket at the moment, um, even after taking the Libertadores final. Oh, sorry, even after taking the Libertadores final to Madrid last year. And yes. um, after sorry. This, this resulted in Conmebol seeking yes. and obtaining permission to become the first. Uh, federation or confederation apparently in the world 
to be allowed to release the audio um, of a conversation as to how a VAR um, decision was made, and it was for the first penalty. And the VAR was looking at it because they suspected that the ball had hit someone's hand uh, in the box, and they wanted to check that it hadn't come off De La Cruz and gone on to uh, La Rive, the, the Cerro Porteño striker, uh, that it hadn't hit his hand. They found that it had. They decided, right, but it hasn't hit his body first, and they're so close together that you can't really do anything about it. And then they spotted that at the same point, La Rive was studying, studying uh, De La Cruz in the knee, and uh, as a result called the, the referee over and said, hey, you want to have a look at this, because there's probably a foul there. Um, and I found it a really interesting conversation to listen to. When yeah, it's going to be um, an interesting um, feature of these games. If the, the other thing is, is it's, if, if they're going to do this on a regular basis, then they're definitely going to start doing it live by like the end of this season somewhere in the world. Yes. Because the next thing that's going to happen is that you're going to get loads of people going, oh, they've dubbed that in afterwards. That wasn't the actual <laughs> conversation. They're just doing this to affect their own narrative. So they're going to be obliged to bring it live. Because obviously, why they'll happens... be talking, oh, shit, River gave us 50 grand last week and exactly. we better give this penalty now. And, and the reason that I find it particularly interesting is that this affects the whole wide world of top-tier football. Because if it's happened in South America, then eventually it's going to be happening everywhere where top-tier football is played, just like that aerosol spray for free kicks. And third-party dodgy ownerships. Just like all that uh, stuff. And there is something particular also, which is that apart, apart from the audio that will uh, supporters will be able to hear, uh, they, they will also be able to watch the video that the referee is watching. But sometimes, some cases it is al- already uh, watched by, by supporters on TV. Yeah, I would guess that... Though it isn't apparently... Uh, I guess that this is a clarification, yes. so, so they say, right... Rather than just giving some of the angles to the broadcasters, now the broadcasters can can show exactly what the referee is showing. But uh, I, I watch sometimes that this is happening anyway when apparently it's not. Uh, uh, they have not the permission. They mm. they don't have the permission to watch. Well, some of the cameras are going to be the same angles, aren't yes. they? So sometimes they'll be able to. Anyway, uh, we have been recording for ten minutes this section about. Previewing Sunday Super Classico, and we barely actually mentioned Sunday Super Classico. <laughs> so, as you said, Dan, which got us onto all of that, it might very well turn out to feel like a bit of a preview of the really meaningful Super Classicos. Um, but you would think that they're going to take it seriously anyway. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, um, of course, they take it seriously. We're going to have uh, full strength sides, I'm sure, uh, from each team. Um, we're going to have Daniele De Rossi's first Super Classico, which obviously is a huge, monumental event in uh, in the history of Argentine football. Because everything Daniele De Rossi does while he's in Argentina is huge. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a fun game, I think. Um, what what more can we say? Um, it's they're two teams who. You go into it in pretty decent form, I'd say. Yeah, which hasn't always been the case. Which hasn't always been the case. Uh, in, in recent years, although last year, of course, it, it very much was. Um, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's probably fair to say, I think particularly having you know watched some of the other Libertadores um, quarterfinals last week, there is quite a big gap, not just between River and Boca, when they're taking it seriously, and the rest of Argentina. Um, but between River and Boca when they're taking it seriously and the rest of South America yes it's something I said on Twitter actually last week for all of the bitching that Mm -hmm. happens whenever either of them win from the other team's fans going oh it's only because the referees have bent 
or it's only because you're lucky or any of that. Like, they are on their day, clearly, because obviously there's the caveat that especially River have a habit of not taking the league seriously under Gashado, as I've made the point many times. When they're taking it seriously, they are probably the best two teams on the continent, and probably by a fair bit. Yeah, in, possibly. In the big games, when, when the going gets tough, I mean, obviously in the group stages, it was shown to be, you know, they both lost matches, yeah. uh, they, they they didn't just have a cakewalk, but, but at this point now in the knockout matches, um, I've not seen anything from any of the Brazilian sides, for example, that's made me go... Ooh, if it, whichever out of River or Boca or one of the others gets to the final, then they're going to have something to worry about. With the possible caveat of Flamengo, who are another okay. team who didn't really do much in the group stages, but have been going for a stretch to strip, and they just have a really, really good team. To be fair, yes, like talent across the pitch, and they've just added Felipe Luis, of course, to their to their squad, who's not a bad signing at all for for South American football. No, um, it is not. Yeah, yeah but uh, aside from that, none of the other Brazilian teams, not Palmeiras or Grêmio, um, uh, Cruzeiro, or whoever is left in it, have done anything to convince me that they're close to to Boca and River when when they're at the best. Obviously, now we've recorded this, both of them are going to go out on Wednesday and Thursday night, and that would Brazilians who's that would be interesting. Yeah, comfortably win the Libertadores. But if um, it means we can avoid another Super Clasico. I'd be a <laughs> I'm not going to complain. At least one, or just one of them, whichever. We, we, will, we will, of course, if they do get to the semi-finals, we'll be previewing them enthusiastically. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't honestly say after what happened last year that I'm really looking forward. Well, to one, it. No, it really is a case of oh, here we go again. One interesting thing to 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 see is where where these matches will be played, um, and there is, I think there is a question about it. So. I yeah, what were you getting at before with the elections? As I said, we've had a listener question about it. All oh, right, so sorry. we're talking a second. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but for this weekend, you would expect both sides to be full strength. Yes. Um, but so surprisingly, it's the first Super Clásico between Alfaro and Gachardo, right? Yes, yes, it is. It's going to be interesting to see that clash of styles. I think. It will, yes. yes. I think that, at least for me, it's surprising that Alfaro will choose a quite first team, even when they have two teams with. Uh, mm. You don't know whether the first team is much better than the second one, mm. but uh, for to the match for tomorrow, well, you have to, Daniel. You can't take this game lightly, even no, no, if you I, are I three Andres, no up with three away. I think Andres is saying last Sunday, though, right? No, 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 no. For Wednesday, for tomorrow, mm. I, I don't, I don't say that they they to put fully reserved team, but mm. they, I think, they oh, will, you mean three 0 up and yes. at home? No, you can't. You just can't. I, I still, yeah. I mean, the Libertadores quarter final. It would be a risk, yes. I think, still. You think? Even at 3 Liga, yeah. get two goals early and yeah. Even against the shit himself for the rest of the game. Okay. I, I can see the temptation. Um, but I mean, and the other thing is that he's such a. I mean, he's a managerial style. He, he's such a, a sensible. Yeah, I mean, as you say, a pragmatist. I was, I was just going to say sensible. Uh, but <laughs> pragmatist is probably a, a fairer word. Um, manager that, that yeah, I, I, I would have been surprised if he hadn't done. Yeah. Or I will. I would be surprised if he doesn't. We should say because it's twenty-four hours away still. It's quarter past seven tomorrow, isn't it? So yeah, it's, it's just mm-hmm. under twenty-four hours away. Plus, with four days between that game and the Super Clasico, you think that even going at half machine, as they say in in Argentina, mm. they they should make the Super Clasico without too many problems. Indeed. By the way, um, Mauro Sarate will lose these matches because he has been injured. It's not a heavy injury or a, or a very 
uh, being injured. Ligament tear, I believe. Yes, uh, the one who yes so who, who did suffer, and I uh, again there is a question about it is Solari, the of course Racing midfielder, who is will be six to eight months, I think, yeah. out of the pitch. But on, yes. I mean, in terms of Sarah day, you wouldn't have thought Boca going to miss him too much because Tevez is in really good form at the moment. Yes, he, he's still. If they were both fit, and I was Boca's manager, I would still have Sarah day in there ahead of Tevez. Um, but Tevez has picked himself up significantly from his form for basically the whole of last year and the first half of this year. Uh, he, he's looking, as yes. we mentioned a couple of weeks Incredibly ago, he's looking fit, he's looking motivated. Uh, from the, the bench and, and coming and, and doing important things because uh, the previous Tevez, we will say, wouldn't stand, would have, have stood quietly in the bench. And in this case, he did it. So yes, it's worried for him. I mean, you could say Boca had the advantage, which is a pretty considerable advantage in football, of having most of their players in good form. Mm. Um, they got guys like, well, Soldano, we said he scored, the, scored his first goal at the weekend. Uh, Alexis McAllister, I think he wasn't that great against Banfield, possibly, but he's been very good. Salvio's been excellent since he arrived. Uh, Tevez, you're saying, is in good form. Avila's been doing Avila things basically. Uh, De Rossi hasn't hasn't had any problem at stepping up to the level of Superliga, which is uh, is encouraging. And he tackles every everyone who is running, even his teammates. Yes, he does love a he does love a strong boot. I'm just checking. I don't want to pull you up and embarrass you, down, But did Alexis McAllister play against Banfield? He might not have. He wasn't, under, he wasn't in the starting lineup because Obandos mm. started ahead of him. Or he was it? Come on, though. Or was yeah, it? Yeah, okay, he came yes. on. Oh, three minutes to go. Perhaps I was also. thinking of Liga really really But yeah, no, yeah, I guess Liga de Quito was. Um, it, it was probably the quietest game he's had. That's, yeah, that uh, was the game Boca, I was thinking. Although, yes. against the standards of some of the other games he's had since signing for Boca. I do apologise, um, these games do start to <laughs> meld into one really amorphous blob when you watch as much as I do. With these little sleepers I have. Especially when Boca have played three games four games since you were last on the podcast indeed it's just impossible to keep up Uh, I get confused sometimes when we record on Thursdays and some of the games were six days ago Um, but the best thing about this uh, the Boca this Boca I mean uh, sorry Mariano you're in Medellin right now but you said Alfaro wouldn't be successful and so far at least from the numbers has been uh, perhaps a surprise but uh, I mean but success is going to be measured in, in one tie yeah. well, against I, I am not far too soon to talk about success it's relative when you're, when you're Boca Juniors manager I guess well yeah. but so far you could say anything about yeah but it mm. won't count for anything until they take the pitch in the semi-final yeah um, so in terms of Sunday's match ignoring the chance of the semi-finals and everything just looking at Sunday's game as an isolated Super Clasico who do we make the favourites I think River are slight favourites given the home advantage and given what they're capable of doing when they're taking a game seriously I'm quite excited for this game I hope that it's going to be entertaining uh, full of goals so obviously it's going to be a terrible nil-nil draw I don't want to to uh, preview uh, a massive win for, for any any of those of, of the teams I preview a, a draw but with goals I'm going to go two-one for River. I think. There we go. Which of course means Andrade's not going to be getting that 
eight games in a row uh, clean sheet um, <laughs> but I think both, both sides I don't think either goalkeeper is going to keep a clean sheet in spite of the fact that both of them are very good um, anyway moving on to listeners questions we have had some one of them we had a few days ago and it's very similar actually to one of the questions we had last week um, I think if I remember rightly where would you recommend reading about the Superliga in Spanish beyond match reports and basic news in the big papers so I'm going to let Andres repeat the answer that he gave last week was it last week or the week before I think the week before I remember a question along those lines yeah. yeah two weeks yes basically there is Doble Amarilla it says what if he's asking for Spanish language sites hmm. uh, there is Aaron Big because La Nación has a good uh, he, they, he said, or the one who asked two weeks ago, said that you limited content because, content because you have limited, I think, 30 pieces of news yeah. per month. If you open La Nación's sports yes. section, in, um, if you open the home page in a normal browser tab and then open up all of the other stories in a private browser tab, it doesn't count it towards you. Yes. Um, and they're good for stuff like the politics and, and what's going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes, as are Doble Amarisha, as Andres yes. says. If you want to read uh, really good interviews and kind of historic stuff, also, uh, you should also check out El Enganche, which was mm. the Pachinadoses. The Pachinadoses? What kind of English is that? Oh, so some kind of it was Pachinadoses, uh, Saturday pull-out supplement for sports. Um, it is now online and they have the entire archive there and they have fantastic interviews with guys like this one with Vortigo someone with Lisandro Lopez uh, loads of really good really interesting chaps not just talking about uh, football which is always a bonus uh, plus uh, some very interesting historically slanted um, articles including one which I always remember is um, the story of uh, Marshall Tito uh, when he lived in La Plata and worked as a mechanic and was an Estudiantes fan Tito, like the Yugoslav ruler. Yep. I never knew that. It's one of the, it's a La Plata legend that oh, while he was in exile uh, just before the Second World War, he lived in either Ensenada or Berizo, one of the La Plata suburbs, worked as a mechanic and was an Estudiantes fan. And Fantastic. Some people even push it further and say that's why Red Star Belgrade took their colours afterwards. I see. So Red Star have only been Chavernas Venza, as I believe it's now uh, hipster popular to call them back in the UK. I've noticed my live score app calls them that now rather than mm-hmm. Red Star. Uh, so they've only been playing in red and white stripes since then. Very possibly. I mean, it's wow. a fairly communist name, so perhaps they were called something else before. Interesting. Uh, Tito. Chris- believe it or believe it if you dare. Uh, our mate Chris Martin says I have two burning questions what was the purpose of Almendra's red on Sunday I can see Almendra's got sent off against Boca Juniors uh, for Boca Juniors I should say Is that the r- why did he get sent off or what was he aiming to achieve by getting sent off I'm not sure you have to ask Chris sorry I've been fiddling with the uh, I've dropped it twice now. Stop. something's coming back to me now it, it was a little bit harsh the, the oh, it card. was, wasn't it? Yes. yes, it was a. Was it a second book? No, it was a straight red. That it was, was a straight weird, red. It should have been a yellow, in my opinion. It was an orange card, let's say. Yeah, um, yeah. Red was a little harsh in uh, 
it, my it, opinion. It was clearly a bent referee who was played by River Plate. Yes. Chris is the answer. Um, so also, he would be out of the Super Classico, of course. Indeed. Also, after their fabulous start to life in, he calls it the Primera B Nacional, but I think he means the Primera Nacional, which is the second division. I'm going to keep correcting people who do this because we've got to get the names right, people. Come on, this is vitally important and not at all confusing. Um, can Los Bohemios, I think he means El Bohemio, go all the way this season? Dan, you're a resident Atlanta fan, so. They have started very well. They've won back to back games. Um, the first game was against someone and they won 4-1 uh, the second game was against someone else and I believe they won 3-1 uh, so they're top of Grupo A which is the Metropolitan no the right. groups are mixed oh that's right they are aren't they yeah, yes. we talked about this um, looking very good but as someone who has keenly watched Alanda's trials and travails over the years and seen them many a time start fantastically I need to drop off when uh, I was going to say th- this the promotion places were up for grabs. I feel like I've heard this story before yes. that we're beginning. Yeah. I won't get too excited yet. I will say that Luis Lopez is in fantastic form and he is one to watch. Although he's already 28, 29. He's not going to go anywhere, but he's scoring goals for Atlanta. At the moment, they have an identical record to Platense. Both have got six points from two games. Both have scored five and conceded one. Agropecuario... Um, have also won two remember they almost got promoted last season and we were talking about it very briefly uh, at one point and Estudiantes de Buenos Aires have a perfect record from two matches in Group A and in Group B there are only two teams with perfect records Riestra and Quilmes have both won their opening two games also both with the same uh, records both 3-4 and 1 against Brown de Adrogué have scored 4 and conceded 1 but they've only got 4 points um, and Sarmiento and Gimnasia de Mendoza also have four points each in Group B. Um, obviously, oh, yeah. we're not going to go through the the Primera Nacional. I almost called it the B Nacional myself. Then. Oh, um, obviously, we're not going to go through that in any more detail right now, but we will pick it up from time to time during the season. Uh, Liam yes. Kelly, who is no relation to me, has decided to challenge me on the prediction front, so you'll be hearing his predictions in a minute. Who will be the Kelly winner? We will see. <clears throat> We will see. Perfect Tommy says, Do you think Conmebol would move the potential Super Clásico semi-finals in the Copa Libertadores? This is why I said it. They said yesterday uh, that they might do. That if, is he I, talking about the date or the stadiums? He's, I assume he's... Oh, I see what you mean. Right, no. I think I, he means the stadiums. I assumed he meant the dates. I assumed he meant And you the mentioned the dates a minute ago. Yeah. So I, I thought it was that. Uh, so no, the stadiums will, will be... The Monumental and the Bombonera. That's um, boring. Unless, you know. Open them both up for bidding. We could play one in New Zealand and maybe the other in Greenland. As long as other lands. Let's not do New Zealand because we'd have to get up horribly early in the morning. I don't fancy that. Anyway, um, dates-wise, if I have corre- uh, correctly interpreted you there, uh, Tommy, um, yes, If not only might they, but Combibolt stated either yesterday or today that if River and Boca both get through to the semis, they will move the dates so that the second leg is played after rather than before the Argentine presidential elections. Mm, that's boring. Uh, so as you said, Dan, the, the second leg is currently scheduled, to, of that semi-final, is currently scheduled to be played three or four days before Argentina's presidential elections and Comebol have said, no, nope, we're going to move it to the following week if it's River versus Boca. Why is that? I mean, who knows? I, I can't understand how they think it's going to affect it. I mean, do they think that the police can't do anything at all in Buenos Aires for a week before the presidential election? 
I mean, after uh, might even be worse, right? Before I, mean, I can it. understand why, given the way that every government here and every political grouping here seems to think that the result of a big football match is going to affect their chances at the polls, I can perfectly well imagine Mauricio Macri saying to Convibol, hey guys, would you mind delaying this a bit so that I'm not going into the presidential elections with a Boca Juniors defeat hanging over my head. Or something. I think you know, it's going to help them, really. But, I mean, but whether it would... You might as well rather die than see a buckle. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's not actually going to affect how anybody votes. And it no. certainly isn't going to be a security issue because it's there are three or four days. If it was going to be on the day, then I can see them going, yeah, actually, this was a bit silly. We can't have a major Super Classico on the day of the presidential election because there's not allowed to be anything fun happening on the days of presidential elections in Argentina. So we're going to move it. We don't have any choices, Argentine law. But... Four and, days before. I mean, and if there is a problem, yeah, I mean, security problems, he will be anyway the president yeah. after the, uh, the election. Are you going to use 200,000 police to, to take care of one game? It's, it's just, I mean, so, I mean, so the answer is, Tommy, that, yeah, they, they've said that it's going to happen. And then obviously all the rest of it that we've just said, I hope it's obvious that it, we're just, I, I don't understand the logic behind that decision. But they have said that they're going to do it. It will be smarter to move the stadiums, not the dates, I think. If you will move something. Yes, which hopefully they won't have to do either. Uh, Darren Paul... Oh, dropped it again. Darren Paul says, how big a loss is Solari for Racing? For me, it's absolutely massive. He was our best player on Sunday. Yeah, it's a big loss. I mean, Darren sort of just answered his own question there. <laughs> I think he watches probably even more Racing than I do, to be honest, because I have uh, quite a few distractions these days. Uh, yeah, he's going to be missed. He watches the basketball as well, which I'm assuming you've done. I've never so. watched a Racing. I've never watched any Racing game that isn't uh, male football. Interesting. Yes. Amateur male football. Reserves. I've watched. Okay. Live. Yeah. That's not the amateur team though. The amateur teams are something. Else. Do Racing have an amateur team actually? I have no idea. I know that River do. They have a veterans team. Uh, which is amateur. the same thing. I've, I've just I've heard Rivers amateur team mentioned I don't know whether it would be the same as the veterans team anyway uh, Darren also says uh, he's reminded me of a tweet that he sent me earlier and which I deliberately actually didn't answer on Twitter because he sent it to me but I assumed that he was uh, going to tweet it now when we recorded and he has done did Carlos Bianchi's time in Paris form his managerial philosophy of keeping football simple put the toilet in the bathroom and the oven in the kitchen Um, he wants to know this because I retweeted something last week uh, which reminded me of when my girlfriend and I were planning our trip to Paris seven years ago and found it phenomenally difficult to find a rented tourist flat which didn't have a toilet in the middle of the kitchen. <laughs> like, I'm not not even kidding, literally. Uh, the, the tweet in question had a very artfully concealed one, but it was like a kitchen side, like that kitchen side there, guys, but with a, one of the cupboards. Where, let's say where my washing machine is, there'd be right. what looked like a kitchen cupboard, and if you open the doors and then flipped up the top, there'd be a bog under it. Um, I mean, it's a time saver, I guess. Um, if you need to chop some onions and, yeah. and you really need a piss, we, you can do both. We, we reached the point when we were looking where the, we decided we have a new minimum now, which is we have to be able to afford it and it needs to have just some kind of division between the oven and the what you do a shit in. Um, Sounds fair. And it was yeah. surprisingly difficult to find somewhere. For, especially for a city that you know prides itself on its culinary expertise. I mean, what the hell? Anyway, that's not really relevant to anything on Argentine football, but Darren asked it us, so we are answering. So Bianchi was obviously uh, influenced by... Yes. 
we'll go with a yes. Living in Paris, yeah. And Indeed. he had to shit in the kitchen and he didn't like it, apparently. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to take a break now. When we get back from this, you will hear Mystic Sam's and Mystic Liam's predictions for the fifth weekend of the Super Liga. I'm also going to refill my glass, so don't go away. Okay, Mystic Sam's predictions in association with Fanatis, with whom you can watch all of these games. Um, go to fntz.co slash hop and use the discount code HOPFZ to get a seven-day free trial followed by 20% off your first three months with this fantastic service. Here we go. Mystic Sam versus Mystic Liam this week. Oh, last week, by the way, was so hilariously bad for both of us that it makes me wonder why any of you listen to this podcast because we don't know what we're talking about uh, I, Mystic Sam got two out of four uh, how many games are there each weekend? 13 13 12 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 13 no, 12 12, 2 out of 12 Um, and Mystic Wayward from Hayward got 4 so well done Mystic Wayward Uh, convincing victory indeed Uh, this week Lanus Versus Central Cordoba de Santiago del Estero. Both me and Liam are going for home wins in that one. Uh, Estudiantes versus Beles. We are both going for... No, we're not. Liam's going for an Estudiantes victory. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going for a Beles victory. Defensive Noticia versus Banfield, which is played at the same time. We're both going for draws in that. Argentinos Juniors versus Gimnasia y Esgrima La Plata. Liam thinks it's going to be an Argentinos win. I think it's going to be a draw. Still got some faith in Help. Yeah, some. I'm also dubious about Argentinos if Santiago Silva doesn't play, but I've just remembered he might be doing so. But he has. Against one of his former clubs. He He has been permitted uh, until the case is solved. I mean, they will. I think he's cleared to play until they've made a decision, yeah. so, yeah, I might be regretting that uh, call of a draw, actually, but I've made it, so that's it. San Lorenzo versus Union. We're both obviously going for San Lorenzo to win that one. Patronato versus Independiente. We are both going for Pat- uh, for Independiente, sorry, to win. Racing versus Godoy Cruz. I think Racing are going to bounce back and get a win in that one. Liam disagrees. He says it's going to be a draw. I mean, if not against Godoy Cruz, against who? Colón versus Rosario Central. Liam says a central win. I say a Colón win. Hmm. Interesting. Atletico Tucumán versus Arsenal de Sarandí. We're both going for Arsenal victories. Or an Arsenal victory, I should say. Tacheres versus Aldo Sibi. I'm going for a draw in that one. Liam is going for a Tacheres win. Newell's Old Boys versus Huracán. We are both predicting Newell's Old Boys victories. And you've already heard my prediction for River versus Boca. I'm going for a River win. Liam is going for a draw. What's the match of the weekend, guys? It's really hard to pick one out, isn't it? The Aldo no, sorry. River Boca, of course. Yeah. So, given that loads of people are going to want to watch the Super Classico, and you should do so by going to fntz.co slash HOP and using the discount code HOPFZ if you haven't already signed up for Fanatis. Um, If you sign up early enough... What other game or two, other than the Super Classico, 
would you recommend? I think Estudiantes versus Vélez. Yeah, interesting. Given interesting. the football that we've already praised Vélez for playing, um, I also quite liked the look of Newell's versus Huracan on Sunday afternoon. Might get overshadowed by what comes after it, but if Huracan actually turn up, then yeah. San Lorenzo Union is going to be interesting. A nice test for San Lorenzo of their of their championship credentials. Uh, Union always tricky customers. Racing Goy Cruz is a game where there could be goals because I don't think either of the two teams are particularly good in defence. It's also a game where, as you kind of hinted, there's a bit of jeopardy there for Racing or Eduardo Cordet because, like, ample jeopardy, I'd say. Ample. Yeah. Uh, Godoy Cruz aren't a bad team, but they don't have the best away records. <laughs> yeah. Um, Possibly Patronato Independiente could be interesting as well. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah. I don't know why, but. It's a wild card, Patronato. It's a wild card, yeah. You you mentioned Espiandes Beres? Yes. yes. I yeah. agree. That, that's going to be one of the ones that, again, I prob- actually, I'm almost definitely going to miss it because I'm meeting a visiting writer in the pub on Friday night, oh, so yeah. I'm probably not going to catch Espiandes Beres. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I might have to try and catch it or catch up afterwards. I've, my catch-up is working a lot better now than it did when I tried to watch that Argentina game and complain to you, Andres, afterwards. That's good, yeah. You remember right after we moved in and I said, yeah, I tried doing it, it just wouldn't play. Well, <laughs> it is doing now most of the time. So I should be able to catch up afterwards. Anyway, uh, on that note, thank you very much, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, if you're a Patreon supporter, then, of course, you're about to get another Hand of Pod extra in your ears as soon as we've worked out what the hell we're going to talk about this week. Um, Again, send your suggestions in because we only remember to do this. We've got some suggestions. Five minutes before recording. Oh, we've, we've got some we've, suggestions. We've got Excellent. some suggestions uh, from, from, from Nate, which they are good. Yeah. I think that one or two of them are going to require a little bit of, of, of scripting on my part beforehand and actual preparation. Scripting. But we'll have a look through them very quickly now and see if there are any uh, that we can think of in the last minute that, that we can come <laughs> up with, make up something for as well. Um, but if you want to become part of that, uh, ever-growing club of Hand of Pod Patreon supporters, please get over to patreon.com slash handofpod and you'll get like up to about an hour or so of extra content each week. But don't let that put you off. Uh, for now, <laughs> thank you and goodbye from Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. English down. Goodbye and thank you very much for listening. And me. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>